0: Mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check. What's going on, everyone? This is Jason Jones, and I'm back with your latest edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. I am the ruler of this court, if you might say, Jason Jones of The Athletic, bringing you some Kings talk, some hip-hop talk, and whatever else might come to mind. My... Um, i'm calling her my sometimes co-host my girlfriend mika she's not with me this time this go around but i hope you guys will stick around anyway and enjoy some of the discussion about what's going on with the king what's going on in the not even in the current music world all the time just some music talk and whatever you know whatever else comes to mind so Let's not delay. Let's jump right into this. Let's jump into the ugly of the situation. The Kings are twelve and nineteen. Have lost eight straight in a row. Uh, I've gone from quoting two too short and Jay Z saying it was all good just a week ago to it was all good a, a couple of weeks ago, and now we're working on it was all good almost three weeks ago. Yeah, Kings. Looks uh, to drop eight straight last loss was Tuesday to Brooklyn and that in itself isn't bad but the Kings aren't probably aren't going to beat Brooklyn unless Brooklyn plays a bad game and Brooklyn didn't but eight straight losses eight straight losses again eight straight losses has the kings sinking in the standings Oddly enough, they're still not out of it, so to speak, in the um, race for the playing game and there's or playing tournament. There's plenty of time to to get back in that mix. But let's look at this eight-game losing streak first off and examine exactly kind of just to me each loss in this streak has been a little different in some way, and but they all they all expose a similar thing. They expose a lack of depth in that this is a roster not built to to truly, you know, overcome injuries just because you don't have the depth and you don't have the, uh, if you're not going to have the depth, you better have a superstar to carry you and Kings don't have a superstar right now. They hope De'Aaron Fox becomes a superstar, but at the moment he's not and you'd be asking a lot of De'Aaron to carry this team especially as as it is right now with with the injury situation. So, well let's let's take a, kind of a trip down memory lane and look at what's happened to the Kings since they beat the, uh Clippers 113-110 on February 7th to improve to 12 and 11 and get above 500. Uh next game was February 9th. Uh Philadelphia 76ers King lose 119-111. That's the game where Marvin Bagley, you know, did his best trying to go against Joel and B for stretches. But what did that game also expose? It exposed just the sheer lack of physical size of this this team. You know, Philly was bigger. Stronger, pretty much at every position You know, as after the game, Luke Walton said Their point guard, you know, Ben Simmons This is as big as the king. center, Rashawn Holmes And one of the shortcomings of this roster Is just that outside of Hassan Whiteside You don't have a lot of just strength Big guys, you know The only other guy that you who could probably fall into that category In the rotation is Harrison Barnes Maybe Daquan Jeffries, Eventually makes that list as well, but this is not a big strong team by any stretch. And Philadelphia, they reminded uh, reminded everyone if you did, if you if you forgot that that yeah this team needs to you no know, eventually whether weight room you know roster changes they need to get stronger be more physical. Next game we go to. Uh, a 123-112 loss to Orlando. That's the game where Nikola Vucevic just goes off for 42-17 and 22 shooting. What did we learn about this team there? It's the, it's that this is a still a team that defensively does not always bring the necessary focus from the start of the game, and it and it'll come back to hurt them. This is a game where kings let nikola vucevic just kind of get going with no with no pressure on him and before you know it he's just destroying them and they can't stop him you know this is the one thing the kings have to learn is that at some point you got to make it tough on guys to make shots you know yes there's going to, the, the, the league is driven towards offense you know great players are going to do great things but You know you can't. You know something's got to change in the mindset to where you don't come out. You come out, and at the very least, it should be common sense. You make it tougher. You make you try to at least frustrate the other team's best player. This was a game where the Kings let the other team's best player just have his way, and it was too late. You weren't going to calm that fire with the way he was going. Now, also to get my you no know, De'Aaron Fox missed this game due to injury, but. Yeah, still can't have that. Okay, then we've got the one twenty four one ten loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. That was loss number three. That was the um, a game where just the the effort so was just baffling because it was, was kind of like, what are you guys doing? You know, similar to in my opinion to the Orlando game. But it was also a game where we were again were reminded. Uh, You know, the physicality, you know, is going to hurt you. And, you know, Jonas Valanciunas, never mind the dirty play, the cheap shot on Chemezi to just that. teeth too big, too strong for them. And just uh, game plan discipline, you know. Got away from their plan on how to check Ja Morant and let Ja Morant control that game in the second half. And that's another thing this team can't afford to do. You cannot afford to be lax on the game plan this team is not as i've said a million times not deep enough not good enough to try to coast into games and too often it feels like this team is trying to coast in the games or trying to um play with the necessary level of intensity for 18 to 20 minutes of a game and there's going to be ups and downs in a game but Where the Kings cannot afford to have lapses in their energy and effort, and this was a game where they had that and they paid for it. Next game you lose uh, 118 110 to Miami, and no, check that I skipped the loss. Uh, They lost 126 136 125 to Brooklyn on February 15th. That was another. Oh, we're going to let them get what they want early, and we never did anything about it. Kyrie Irving comes out in that game, essentially walks into two wide-open threes on his way to 40 points. And it was on from the moment he he got going. And you give up a triple-double to James Harden as well. You know, again, another case of could you make it hard on somebody? Could you pinch him? Could you do something? You know, another game like that, you know, you, you say, hey, that's Kyrie Irving. Let's be aggressive with him from the start of the game. Let's not wait till he's rolling and The Kings didn't do that. Now we go to Miami. Giving up two triple doubles in the same game—one to Ben Moutabio, the other Jimmy Butler—allowing guys like Kelly Olynyk, Duncan Robinson, you know, uh, to cook you. you no know, Kendrick Dunn, and what was the issue in this loss? And again, another matter of a. Defensive breakdowns, lack of communication. Miami's running basically the same play over and over again. And the Kings just can't stop it because, in part because they're not communicating. I don't understand why a team is bad defensively. And it's openly stated it has communication issues. Goes through so many, we don't communicate uh, lapses. But that's your Sacramento Kings. And that was a game where, yeah, we had more of that. Next up, on the road. Oh my! I I mean, I'm not to gloss over it. Over the course of all these games, the Kings had some type of injury. Uh, Harrison Barnes was playing hurt. Uh, We found out later in the that that Brooklyn game that he would go on to miss the Miami next three games. So he missed the Miami game, and now we're on to Chicago. Last Saturday, where there was no Harrison Barnes again. Rashawn Holmes was back from injury by the, uh, at this point, but I believe Harrison, no, Rashawn was back, or maybe that was Milwaukee. I'll go look it up, but either way, they still weren't at full strength. Um, they go out to Chicago, you No, know, Zach Levine cooks them, another star having another big game. And, you know, he, he may have, uh Made it tough, they made they no, I won't say they made it tough, man, shot 15 for 20, that's just unacceptable Yes, he's good, but again, at some point, you gotta make life tough on someone somehow And this wasn't good enough, just, you You, you gotta do something to disrupt people And they're not, they, were not, they weren't disrupt, they weren't just, the Bulls had it too easy offensively, again, in that game On to the next one Oh, before I move on from that game, Kings had a, you know, that this would start a streak, their streak of at least three quarters, at least three games where they had at least a, a quarter where they gave up at least 40 points. Next game, Milwaukee, same thing. You have a you 42, 40 plus point second quarter for the Bucs. Uh, the Kings executed the game plan, in my opinion, based on what was said uh, incorrectly, in the sense that, Yes, you wanted to foul Giannis Kumpo near the basket. Problem is, they just kept fouling and fouling and fouling. Put the man on the line 24, 25, 24 times. And he made 19 of them. Most nights, is Giannis going to do that? Probably not. But at some point, you got to be able to play defense without fouling. And they couldn't do that. So Giannis cooked them. Chris Middleton cooked them. Another game where you say, dang. No. you can't you can't play bad defense and foul all the time, and that's what you got in that game, which then brings us back to the Brooklyn game, another game where we're talking about communication communication communication. That's how a guy like Bruce Brown gets loose for a career high twenty nine points and and in some cases not even because he did anything great, they just didn't cover him I mean. They just let him run down the court without without any help. Get you know layups off of inbounds passes, you know wide open threes because no one's covering them. Just again, they said uh, it's um hard to understand. It's hard to explain how a team so bad defensively continues to have communication breakdowns. After the game, asked the Aaron Fox about the effort, and he said the effort was fine. It was all more of a communication thing. And I think he misunderstood my question, which can happen in his own thing. I, I, my opinion, I think part of your effort is communication, and I understood what he was saying that he thought guys were trying hard; it just weren't communicating well. But I think you've got to be able—you've got to talk. There's no excuse for it from from this team. You know, when you're the worst defensive team in the NBA, there's no excuse for it. Yeah, Brooklyn's not good on defense either, but Brooklyn, even without Kevin Durant. Still had James Harden drop a triple double on him in that game. Still had Kyrie get twenty and one point seven assists. And again, Bruce Brown. I almost I I kept wanting to call him Bruce Bowen just because I, it just <laughs> it just it just felt like it rolled off the tongue better to say Bruce Bowen because I hadn't really watched a lot of Bruce Brown, admittedly. But you know, if you watched Bruce Brown against the Kings uh, this week, you would say. There's no need to rush Kevin Durant back. Bruce Brown is killing it right now, which he was against the Kings. So, I walked you down the history uh, of kind of just what's going on with this losing streak. And what did I come up with? And just kind of, I want to give you a sense of what's going on and what have we learned again this team needs more talent. This team needs more talent. This team needs more talent. <laughs> uh, the, the last Brooklyn game, De'Aaron Fox started to look like himself again after missing the, the game with, the, with a bruised knee. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had a good game. Harrison Barnes came back. But what the Kings also have uh, need more of, which they're not getting. They need more Buddy Hill. And they're just not getting that right now, and It's problematic. For this team, they can't win consistently, that is, without Buddy Hill playing better. And they just, I, I think it's time. You know, I know Luke Walton said it's, it's not time to change the lineup, but I think at some point there has to be a consideration of doing something to get Buddy going. And history has shown with Buddy the way to get Buddy going is to bench him. And it worked under Dave Yeager. It worked last year under Luke under under Walton. So maybe it's maybe we're getting to a point where it's close. It's close to the point where the Kings say, you know what, we got to try something to shake this up. Uh, Luke doesn't want to. Luke wants to give this group a chance to get back to playing again. Um, the Brooklyn game, they said, the, the last Brooklyn game was the first time in seven games. This team had its entire starting it had starting lineup and pretty much its, its, its rotation back together, so Luke wants to give them some ch- time. So I imagine that time will be up through the All Star break. You know, you got the Knicks coming up uh, Thursday night. You got the Pistons Friday night. You got Charlotte at home. You got a couple of games next week. So maybe that's enough data. Maybe then you go into the to the break, go into the lab, and try to figure out. What exactly is going on? But let's look at Buddy's numbers. Right now, Buddy's averaging fifteen point seven points. But he, you know, which is not bad. He but but he's shooting. Uh, excuse me, shooting thirty seven point two percent, which is on which is on pace to be his, the worst of his career. The only time he shot that bad over a, this long of a stretch was his rookie year. When he was still with New Orleans to start his career For 57 games of his career But he only shot 39.3% But this would be He's on pace for what would be by far His worst shooting percentage of his career He's never finished a season Shooting under 40% And he's on pace For the worst 3 point shooting percentage Of his career 36.4% is not You know, terrible it's Not by any stretch It still makes you a 3 point threat but for his career, the lowest he's finished a season was again his rookie season, thirty-nine point one percent. And during that stretch, with his first fifty-seven games with New Orleans, he shot thirty-six point nine percent from three. So even during that, he was still better from three than he slightly better than he is right now. And that's not gonna cut it for the Kings over the course of the season. We got, we have a thirty-one game sample of this. You know, I've heard people say, "Well, they need they need to draw up more plays for Buddy." Buddy's getting clean looks. Buddy's not making them. You know, could they draw up more stuff for him? Of course they could, but let's not push this idea that the coaching staff is not getting Buddy looks or not trying to get Buddy looks. Buddy just got to make some of these shots, and he's had good looks that just haven't gone in, and it's happened repeatedly. And if you look at this team and were they're not optimally clicking? Even when they were playing their best, Buddy wasn't playing his best, and it's something that you, they gotta figure out. And I would, you know, yeah, you know, I think it, I would consider moving him to the second unit. I think the question is who would you replace him with? And I'll throw this idea: if you go with that move, a lot of folks are gonna say, you know, you gotta start Tyrese Halliburton. I wouldn't do that. I would start DeQuan Jeffries. Let me explain why um uh, uh, if you're gonna make that move, <laughs> you got to put someone in who gives you something that you you know you can count on, and the are gonna give you that defense that physical that physical approach you need to start the game defensively and he's a, he's improved it. he at least in his early stint back from the, his ankle injury the grade three ankle sprain he's shown he can make the outside shot. So you're not going to you know, destroy your spacing. Like I said, it gives you physicality. You know, it gives you a, another defender out there with Harrison. Makes you more switchable defensively, and then you can bring Buddy in with Tyrese Halliburton together, and you know, you're pairing Buddy with a playmaker generally all the time, which is what Buddy needs. He needs to be paired with a playmaker, which is why I wouldn't necessarily agree that you start Tyrese over Buddy, because then. yeah you could always you know sit one point guard and then bring him in but I like the idea of keeping him aligned with a playmaker and if you keep him aligned with uh, Tyrese and then you say you bring in Buddy Tyrese and Corey Joseph at the same time at some point you know now you're not bringing in a guy who, you know, you're, you're not asking Buddy to go out there and not create his own office at the second unit. You've got a guy like Tyrese, who's a creator, with him. So, after an eight-game losing streak and maybe a few more games, if you're going to make a move, I would consider that. Th- that. That would be my consideration, but no one asked me. Luke Walton hasn't called and asked my opinion on what to do. <laughs> and I haven't seen a lot of folks talk about the idea of starting the Quan I'm sure it's out there on the internet somewhere but I think if you're going to make a move that's the move you make so again that's the that's what I've learned about the Kings on this A game losing streak and that's what I would do if I'm going to make any type of move to the starting lineup I understand why the coaches don't want to do that just yet let's see if you can give this group that did win seven of eight before this losing streak a chance to get it right but If you're going to tinker with things, that would be my suggestion. So. Oh, yeah. Before we move on to music, the Kings are going to be without us on Whiteside for a little bit. Uh, Health and safety protocols. No, I don't know what you could have done on the road when you're supposed to be pretty much secluded to expose yourself. Who knows what happened? You know, maybe he I don't know. You know, maybe we'll get some more clarity from Luke Walton on Thursday before they play. But that's unfortunate for them because now your only physical presence is gone. <laughs> or your most physical presence, you know, at the five is gone. And you really don't, your two centers are now Marvin and uh, you, know, you start Rashawn and Marvin's your other center. Maybe you go small sometimes and use Harrison there again. But the Knicks aren't going to have Mitchell Robinson and and that so maybe that helps the Kings in that that regard, but yeah, then you go to Detroit. Uh, Mason Plumlee is is their starting center. Maybe you can get by, but yeah, it's just not a good. Yeah, hope they get that thing sorted out, and then that's okay. Once Hassan's back, they can start them. They'll just feed more into the Hassan to the Lakers at some point. Rumors because the Lakers need some help and According to reports, they'd like Hassan if he were to become available. But I don't think the Kings at this point are near a buyout with Hassan phase. I don't think they can wave the white flag on the season just yet. Just wouldn't be a good look for this roster, this locker room. A group you're telling you're trying to change the culture. If you throw in the towel already on the season, when you've got more than half of it to go. So, let's move on. Uh, Let's talk a little music. Let's start with... uh, if the kings are in new york got me once again thinking about the kings of new york the kings of new york hip-hop who are your favorite new york MCs? is there a current king of hip-hop in new york right now is it just jay-z until further notice and that's where i lean i just think like i said um That verse he just dropped on, this is what it feels like with a Nipsey and Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. Just reminded everyone that, yeah, Jay does this thing and he does it damn well. And no one's touching him. I still think it's cool. You got to do 51 years old, dropping some of the hottest stuff, you know, out there. I get the idea that people will say, you know what, where's the next generation? What's coming up? But, you know, you got to, you know. Give props to the man. The man's killing it still, and if they're going to be a king of New York, you know I know that everyone you know that probably would have been Biggie. Biggie was going would would have had that crown had he not been lost tragically in '97. But it's got me thinking: if Jay Z's the king, who else is just part of that royalty of New York hip hop? And I went through some names, some of my favorites. I'll be—I would love to hear what you have to say. You know, you know, shoot me a message on IG, on you know, on Twitter. You know, Mister Jones LBC on Instagram. Mister, uh, no, sorry, Mister. Yeah, Mister Jones LBC on Instagram. Mister underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. You know, and kind of I, I kind of call it the royal court of New York hip hop. I said, you know, Nas. You gotta have Public Enemy. You gotta have Wu Tang in there. You gotta have Big Daddy Kane. You gotta have Rock Him, You gotta have Run DMC. LL Cool J. You gotta have Cam'ron up in there. It's probably ta- all the that You gotta have uh, of the younger generation. You gotta have Dave East up there. Uh you know, you, uh, you no, know, excuse me. Should have probably had some water before I started talking, but. You know, there's th- those are the names that came to mind. You know, like I said, I only released. You know, I only mentioned one young dude. Uh, you know, younger, and that would have been. You know, like I said that had been Dave East, and you know, and then uh, maybe the younger generation. Maybe you know, did we throw Bobby Smurder out there? Who just got released from prison. Did we throw him in there? You know. You know, from, you know, Brooklyn, did we throw, did we, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Bobby's in there, uh, Cardi B, she could be in there, so, yeah, we've got a nice, you know, New York's got a, quite the roster, but, who is the king, it's Jay-Z, and we gotta, you know, hold up, uh, do we consider Puffy a rapper, if so, is he in there, what about Mace, uh, I am not the biggest Mace fan, just, I just, maybe I, in the time that Mace was hitting, I wasn't into the shiny suits. Just wasn't my thing. I was more of the West Coast khakis and Chuck Taylor type. So I was never, you know, that big into Mace. But it was Mace going there. We got a lot of ideas for New York. And I've asked it before, and I ask it again. Who's next from New York? Does Dave East emerge? Or is maybe Dave East going to be even better known as an actor, yo. Did a good job playing Meth Man in the Wu Tang uh you know series on Hulu. Yo, so maybe he's uh <laughs> maybe he's next, maybe it's someone I'm not knowing. I know it's not gonna be Takashi six nine because it's just not gonna be Takashi. But hey <laughs> I'm open to hearing all opinions, all, all thoughts and on who you think should get the belongs in that that upper echelon of new york mcs i you know i think jay gets i guess i gets the Nod is the best you know oh, i forgot the, i mean i didn't mention mob I mean there's a lot of people i could have you know gone into but probably my favorite uh new york album or my, it, it might be life is good by nas uh came out you know uh, he's going through his divorce from Khalise and at the time I was in a uh, a marriage I was getting out of and it just it was like therapeutic music for me so that might be my bet my favorite new york album of all time um you can also look at some of Jay's work you know Kane we go on and on so you got a minute or two a few seconds let me know who I'm missing shoot me your favorite new york uh songs and my my what's my favorite New York song? Before we move on, uh, it's not even uh, from a New York rapper. It's a Dog Pound, New York, New York. Not try to start no beef. Calm down. But it's my favorite song about New York, especially when you know that the fact that that song was not put together by a um, as a as a diss. It it evolved into what it became, but. That song was not supposed to be a diss of New York. You know, that eventually, you know, Snoop came through in the video, kicking the buildings down. It just, the the whole connotation of it changed after everything that went down. And then the video. But, you know, that song made me want to go, you know, it made me want to go to New York. I ain't even gonna lie. Hearing that song made me want to go to New York. So, shout out to the Dog Pound, Snoop, LBC. You know what it is. And... Before we get out of here, this week, I wanted to shout out Ice Cube. Uh, It was uh, the 28-year anniversary of him releasing the single. It was a good day this week, which completely went against kind of the Ice Cube persona. You know, here's, you know, at the time, the number one gangster rapper in the world talking about his good day. Which people were like, nobody want to hear that from Ice Cube, but it ended up being, I mean, biggest single, it was because you know people in the hood have a good day too, and it was just you know, you know, no part, no barker from the dog, no smog, that was definitely an LA line. The no smog was definitely an LA line, you know, and then uh, you know. You know, you know, mama made the breakfast with no hog, you know, messed around, you know, got a hoop reference, of course, in there, you know, messed around and got a triple-double, you know, up, up on the blacktop. So shout out to one of the best songs, one of my favorite songs ever. Man, I'm old. If that song is that, that single is that old now, you know, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a single off of the album, The Predator, which I think is an album. Wasn't as, maybe probably, probably not as hard-hitting as Death Certificate was, but it's a damn good album still. If you want to go into your Ice Cube library, and you want to go for like a good five-hour deep dive into some just, like one of the best runs of in hip-hop history of a solo career, start with Ice Cube's uh, America's Most Wanted. Go to Kill It Will. Get the Death Certificate. Get to The Predator. Get to Lethal Injection. One of the best runs in hip hop history I'll stand by that So, again I'm going to go ahead and uh, get up out of here I've kept y'all long enough Thank you for sticking around Plus my kids are going to start staring soon You might hear them in the background So, again, this is uh, Jason Jones of The Athletic uh, Brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network This is the Ruler of the Court podcast. I am that ruler. Y'all be safe out there. Y'all be good. And I'll catch you next time. I'm gone.